With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Don Vito Roundtable in the home of the Winnipeg Jets, TSN 1290. Kevin O with you in the Royal Sports Home Studio. Check out the Odd Shark Inbox, presented by Odd Shark, your source for the latest odds from leading authorities. Find your edge at oddshark.net. Uh, coming through on the text line, 129090. Uh, have a feeling that no vaccine will be available by December, which means no NHL. You can't have a season without fans. That comes off the comments of Andrew Kopp saying, listen, uh, we're you know three and a half months away from what's going to happen for the 2021 season, not even willing to look forward to a bubble situation or what speculate on what the NHL might look like at that time. Facebook, Instagram posts, your texts, your tweets, we find them all in the Odd Shark inbox. And remember, oddshark.net is your source from the latest odds from leading authorities, expert editorial content, and detailed matchup picks. Find your edge at oddshark.net. Well, exit interviews going on here in Winnipeg. Here from Andrew Kopp and Mark Shifley today in Pittsburgh after a disappointing loss to the Montreal Canadiens. The general manager spoke today and he had himself uh, some honest assessments and and some words. We bring in our good friend Dan Kovacevic uh, from DKPittsburghSports.com uh, to break it all down. Dan, how are you doing today? All right, Kevin. I'd rather be in Winnipeg, but what the heck? <laughs> uh, it is a glorious day here, but there's no hockey here either, buddy. And both of us uh, no, out after this no goofy qualification here. round. No lottery balls going our ways. Uh, it's all doom and gloom, isn't it? No, it's pretty much just either independent baseball or whatever brand of the three and thirteen Pittsburgh Pirates are playing right now. So, uh, we got the Winnipeg Goldies who are legitimately playing independent baseball, the only league that's going other than the majors, and they can't play in Canada. They got to play all their games in uh, Fargo, North Dakota, so they are on the road, and and we've lost them. We're, we didn't bring you on to talk ball. I know you can talk any sport in Pittsburgh. Uh, how about Jim Rutherford and uh, his comments today? Uh, it doesn't sound like he's too enthralled with his coaching staff with some uh, uh, key players depth players Justin Schultz would be on the hit list uh, what did you take from what you heard today well the funny thing is you know in our business in whether it's writing or speaking or whatever it is we get a lot of stuff wrong and especially as it relates to predictions I mean, sports are just so fickle especially in a year like this I wrote a column yesterday no kidding, that called pretty much everything he said. And I'm in this particular moment, since this was in the last hour, feeling pretty <laughs> good about that. Uh, so I can't honestly say that I was surprised uh, by any of his assessments, uh, starting with the most important is the preservation of the core. Uh, whenever a loss like this happens, the 24th seed in a 2014 tournament knocks you out, uh, and you go in there pretty much healthy, which the Penguins did, even surprisingly having Jake Gensel, you do start thinking as an observer of the team that, wow, they're just going to blow this up. You know, not Sidney Crosby, but, you know, you even start thinking of Genny Malkin, Chris Letang, guys that have been here forever. And I had a pretty good feeling that wasn't going to be the case. Rutherford said he's not trading the core. He's not moving anybody in the core. So you start there. From there, they had epic problems on the power play. 
Uh, I suggested in the column that they look for somebody who can handle it because Mark Recchi, Hall of Fame player that he was, has not shown to be a Hall of Fame assistant caliber assistant coach in that regard. I have a feeling he's going to be gone. Certain players are going to be allowed to walk. Uh, obvious ones, unrestricted free agents, Justin Schultz, Connor Sherry, Patrick Marlowe is probably done. And then you look at the goaltending. And I said the one guy that you had to, you know, that you have to move out of that equation is Matt Murray. Both Murray and Tristan Jari are going to be restricted free agents. Uh, you're not keeping both. Murray expects to be paid, and he has made this clear in back channels along the levels of, to put it in Winnipeg terms, you know, a Connor Hellebuck type goaltender. Well, guess what? He's not a Connor Hellebuck type goaltender. He's just not. Uh, he had a couple of cups early in, in in his run, but he's been anything but the horse that Hellebuck has been in Winnipeg. Uh, and, and I'm not just singling out Hellebuck, but pl- goaltenders of that stature. And it's it's not gone well for him here for two or three years now. And that's that's going to come to an end. So what you need to see more than anything in Pittsburgh are younger legs fresher legs the problem is they've traded away their first round picks for a billion years in a row now trying to continue (laughs) winning cups right so you know how do you achieve that it's going to involve a little bit of patience but then Sidney crosby's 34 balkan's 33 letang's 33 we'll see where he goes it's going to be a fascinating offseason i mean did they miss the boat on trading memory and what's his value right now what are you gonna get for this guy out there who who needs a deal and you know are you going to be able to find somebody who's yeah he's got stanley cups on the mantle but he hasn't been a good goalie for the last couple of seasons i'm not sure if they missed the boat kevin i think if you look back over this past season tristan jari really came not out of nowhere he was a second round pick a few years ago but he had been himself a little bit of a disappointment. He didn't establish himself until this season. So they didn't really have a viable number one entering this year other than Matt Murray, at least not in their eyes. Ajari came in and, to his credit, stole that job uh, October through December, really. And Murray's not going to get you much, if that's what you're implying. You know, by putting him out on the market, I mean, you'll get something, you won't get nothing. Uh, but he's also a restricted free agent, and teams aren't are going to be just as leery of paying him as what I described the Penguins would be. So I, d- I don't think there's a great haul to be had uh, for any of these guys from a trade standpoint. I just think they have to go younger. Look, I'm going to task your memory here and see if you can remember Pittsburgh's game up in Winnipeg way back in October. They had a bunch of kids. Do you remember this? Playing because of all the injuries. A bunch of names you'd never heard of in your life. Sam Lafferty scored a couple of goals that night against the Jets. Sam Lafferty was hardly ever heard from again following that 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 month. That's what's been happening here in Pittsburgh for far too long. They have kids who are even maybe just decent kids, but they don't play them. They go out and they get Patrick Marlowe instead. That's what has to end here. Uh, yeah, I'm, what was that, like seven deuce, I think that game was? And I remember Lafferty's yeah, coming yeah, out yeah. party because he was the local kid. I think Aston Reese had a big game in that one. I, I yeah, vaguely yeah, remember yeah, it. I, I know they got worked over after beating yeah, Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, go. which right, which they never do. <laughs> I, right. It was so long ago. We got a pandemic in between this. I uh, didn't mean to doubt you there, Kevin, but, yeah, you came <laughs> through in the clutch. That's impressive. 
But that was uh, my point. Was that night they had all this energy, and the uh, and the Jets in full context did not. The Jets looked terrible, and uh, the Penguins got it done. But they got it done just with a bunch of kids playing a system, and you know they, they I think they've forgotten here that that can still happen in hockey. And, and you need it, and you I think we saw that kind of in the qualification round that if you don't have everybody, you know, Columbus proves that look what they're able to do. Right. And, and we might see it again in this first round. Uh, what do you make of the Montreal Canadians? Were they that good? Were the penguins just that bad? Cause I'm not sure everybody's buying them and now Carey price stole the series. I'm not sure that's the way it, it broke down. How did you see it? Well, Montreal, played very well. Uh, are they that good is kind of a loaded question because, I mean, they're clearly not. They, they were the 24th seed. Uh, Carey Price was very good. Shea Weber uh, was so determined from the start of the series. Jeff Petrie with two game-winning goals on the back back end. Um, you know, their forwards are what they are. I mean, you see those guys, they have some potential. Um, but when you're talking about your best guys being Thomas Tatar, Yusperi uh, Kotkanen and uh, you know Arturi Lekkinen. These aren't star players <laughs> in the NHL, and, and I'm saying that with respect. I mean, what they did together. Look, here's what. If you want to know what impressed me the most about the Canadians, think about this: they couldn't even have thought in their wildest dreams they'd be in these playoffs. So, what motivated them to even stay in sufficient shape? Do you know what I'm saying? Well, they traded at the deadline, right? I mean, Kovalchuk went out, uh, Thompson went out. They, they got, they had the fire sale of uh, "we're done, move along." Oh, I mean, they're, they're, they were as done as done gets. And on top of that, they have everybody up in Quebec hoping, you know, that they can hang on to Alexi Lafreniere somehow. Um, <laughs> you know, they they weren't thinking about playoffs at all. And the Canadians went out and performed. But all of that starts, as with everything in Montreal, with a guy in net. Carey Price was just so solid. Um, occasionally spectacular, but more than anything, solid in the sense that he didn't give one up that he shouldn't give up, you know? And if you do that as a goaltender over the course of a series, especially a short series like this, uh, you're actually going to win more often than not. And and Carey Price is the guy that the Penguins cited, uh, and Jim Rutherford cited again today as saying, he said, our goaltending was good, theirs was great. And that's the difference in a series. I mean, we've seen it time and time again, right? It, it will go that way, and and certainly defense will beat offense. Ask the Toronto Maple Leafs. There's a lot of teams on the outside uh, looking in. Listen, our argument here is that, you know, you, you look at the Jets. Oh, yeah, they, they lost in the qualification round. They didn't have Shifley in line A, but the Oilers had uh, Geno and had Sid, and the Oilers had McDavid and Dreisaitl, that there's less of a cause for concern here in Winnipeg moving forward. But uh, in Pittsburgh, how, you know, the core is going to stay the same. Uh, Jason Zucker seemed to work out. Uh, he was a pretty good player. You know, who are the, who are the parts that, that need to move out uh, in order for them to contend next year? Well, I'll say first, in, in fairness to having watched the entire Jets Flame series, that uh, once Shifley was out, this was that was just going to be so hard. And then adding Line A on top of that, uh, that, that there was not going to be much to push back against a really, really fired up and energetic Calgary team. I don't know that the Jets did anything wrong uh, in the series. But when you don't have those two guys, I mean, it's it's it. There's not there's not there's not much room for um, for error the rest of the way. Um, 
on the Pittsburgh sense, who do they have to give up? I don't know that they, you know, Matt Murray, we mentioned, is the one guy uh, that's going to be traded. Where was Rust in the series? He was good in the regular season. Didn't see much from him. Yeah, now that one that one was a little bit of a mystery. He had the one goal in game two uh, late in the power play, uh, but he wasn't he wasn't seen much either. The second line in general, meaning Malkin's line, didn't really work out. When Rust was scoring all those goals, he was on a line with Jake Gensel and Evgeny Malkin, and Gensel was moved up to Sidney Crosby's line for this series. So none of it, you know, it just wasn't there. It just wasn't. I mean, it, I could I could go through each individual and and tell you why they didn't they didn't produce enough or they they weren't sufficient. Um, as far as the trades go, uh, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of quick fixes. I could see them moving a couple of disappointing younger younger player like a Jared McCann, uh, who you know looked like a house of fire when he first came here from Florida and then really really got thrown out of whack over the past few months. Uh, we'll see about his future. Here's another one. I mean, what about a Patrick Hornquist? Uh, don't tell me there aren't teams out there that couldn't use him. Now, he's got a no-trade clause, and he's $6 million a year. Uh, but there are exactly 31, soon-to-be 32 head coaches in the NHL that all think they could use another net front guy. You know what I mean? Willing to pay the so, price and get under the skin of everyone, right? He oh, did in this in this hey, series. He he never backed down. Yeah, he's the best at he, it. There's 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 nobody in the league. He's the new Thomas uh, Holmstrom, better, right? Better that. Put the mm-hmm. mule in front. He's the new Thomas Holmstrom for for he, Detroit he all those years, right? Mantle from Holmstrom, and, and 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 he's been the guy ever since. He's the best. And again, there's gonna there might be some kind of market for someone like that. So those are the kinds of things that you'd be looking at. But again, nothing. Seismic, nothing along the lines of, you know, Malkin or Latang or anything in that area. Well, from our perspective, you know, Mike Sullivan was snubbed for what he did in the regular season with this group to get them to where they were. Then you see what happens in the postseason here. Rutherford makes the comments that he does. You said that he leaned on veterans way too heavy uh, and should have gone with the younger kids, as what Montreal was doing and Nick Suzuki flying around the ice. Uh, you know, is is Sullivan in trouble here? Is no, he, is the seat no, getting warm? No, no, no. No, no, no. They love him. Okay. <laughs> no, the, no. They would they would look at his supporting cast, and I, I think that he made really the wrong call in goal. I mean, the, you could you could find it, a it checklist. It, you know what? You could, <laughs> the, the problem the problem with that that mindset is that the mindset that mindset that you're describing, Kevin, comes from the top. Uh, everybody, everybody in the Penguins organization was leaning on veterans. Everybody was saying, "Win now." Everybody was saying trade your draft picks or trade your yeah trade your draft picks for veterans. Mm-hmm. So the whole organizational mindset needs to change, and that'll include Sullivan. Sullivan's very much capable of doing that. The fact is, again, I'm going to reference that game up in Winnipeg, not just because I'm talking to you. I reference it to my readers a lot. That was the night that afterward Sullivan, you could see, had this big glow about him that he knew the penguins even with all those injuries were going to be okay because he was happy to have those kids flying around out there somehow either he or people above him or whatever lost their way as the season went along how was our old buddy brandon tanev because he started on the top line i know he was made a big impact when he first got to pittsburgh and he's back on the fourth line kind of the role that he had saw him in a lot of the highlights you know spinning doing his thing but ultimately game-winning goals were going in when he was on the ice well ultimately yeah he's the one that made the pass <laughs> so he's <laughs> had a real good week i mean he 
he just basically lost control of the puck on the right boards and turned and wheeled it toward the middle. Um, I don't have to tell anybody in Winnipeg how much that would bother someone of his pride uh, and, and everything that he gives on the ice. Um, nobody, I can tell you this, in Pittsburgh is scapegoating Brandon Tanev. I mean, I've not heard that once from anybody here. Um, it wasn't a pretty sequence, but it also right. was a sequence that followed an awful lot of nothing. Yeah, and effort is never a problem when it comes uh, from, I think no. you guys call him Turbo, we called him Rusty here, but you already had a Rusty, so we couldn't keep the same nickname uh, back in the day. Uh, one last one for you, Dan, uh, the Rangers win the draft lottery, clearly the ping pong ball was frozen, it was a billiard ball, however you want to look at the uh, conspiracy that I'm sure is going on with Penguins fans, how does this alter the balance of power in the Metro? You know, we already started talking about that last year at the draft out in Vancouver, uh, about how, you know, the Rangers got Kapokaka and, and uh, you know, the Devils picked up Jack Hughes, and we started talking about how, okay, the, the balance of power is now shifting away from Pittsburgh and Washington and moving toward the New York metro area. I'm sure that'll only continue. The Rangers, in addition to getting uh, Lafreniere and, and, and Kako, they obviously made one hell of a signing in Artemi Panarin, which a lot of people were questioning at the time. Uh, he's on my ballot for the Hart Trophy. Uh, I'm not going to say who, who, you know, who I had number one, but he, he's, he, was among, he was among my three guys. Um, and on top of that, Mika Zibanejad having the big year, the late push to sign Chris Kreider. They look like they're going to be good, not so much in the future, but really, really soon, you know, especially once they make finally move off of Henrik Lundqvist and let one of those two young goaltenders take over. Rangers are going to be really good, frighteningly good for the rest of the Metro. Is Philly legit? The Rangers? No, Philly, the Flyers. Uh, you know what? I, I don't buy the Flyers until I see their first good goaltending since Ron Hextall. I, I mean, dating myself here, but you tell me the last time the Flyers had impact goaltending. Uh, Carter Hart is going to be staring across the ice at his boyhood idol, who the last time he faced Carey Price, he got so freaked out he had to get yanked. <laughs> so I wouldn't be saying too much about the Flyers until you see Carter Hart round into a, a, a top-level you know, playoff, not necessarily elite, but a top-level playoff goaltender and start finding his way. Um we haven't seen that yet. You know, those round robin games don't mean a thing. They, they were they were glorified shinny. Uh, we'll see how it is that they respond to a real challenge. I agree with you with that. Uh, thanks so much for making some time for us. Always love the opinions, Dan. All right, Kevin. Take care, man. DKPittsburghSports.com. Dan Kovacevic joining us today on the Don Vito Roundtable. We'll wrap things up next. You're listening to TSN Radio 1290.